Yes, guys, welcome to On Our Radar with me, Lewis Duckers. Tonight we are joined by a Manchester icon. He's been a bass player and a founding member of the Happy Mondays for the best part of 30 years. He's been hailed with giving the Mondays their legendary groove-laden beats. Mr. Paul Ryder, how are you, man? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for asking. Very well. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, let's take it back to the start. Tell us about the first record that you ever bought and if you can remember the shop that you bought it from. First, the first seven-inch single I ever bought would have been probably, I can't remember exactly, but it was round about 1970, 72, 73. I think it would have been Susie Quattro, something like uh, Devil Gate Drive or something like that. Susie Quattro, my, yes. Yeah, yeah. And there was a little record shop on Walkden Precinct. Uh, anyone that doesn't know where Walkden is, it's... It's a part of Salford in Manchester. I know um, it well, Walkden, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was called Playing, Playing Records. And I used to get my spends on Saturday off my dad and go straight to the record shop. And uh, it would have been Susie Quattro, 7-inch. But my first album was um, Hunky Dory by Bowie. Oh, yes. Now, that is a, that's a classic, man, for your first album. I know, I, was, I think I must have been eight years old. <laughs> Looking back on it, that's pretty cool to be into Bowie at eight years old. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how cool I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a sign of things to come, eh? Yeah. So I read recently as well that you're writing your life story. How is it coming along? There's got to be um, some... It's, it's really hard work. I had to put it down for a few months. Um, I got quite a lot done uh, in a short period of, period of time and it was really draining, you know, looking back on everything and, and reliving, reliving a life that I'd lived. Um, yeah, it got quite draining. So I put it down for a few months and I'm set to start again this summer. Well, summer's here. So, yeah. In the next summer's few here, weeks, yeah. I'm going to start again in the next few weeks. I mean, come on, there's got to be some seriously good stories in there. Oh, Jesus. That would make was, uh, Keith Richards' his book look. I was going to have to wait till my mum died, but I thought, you know, I think she knows everything about my life anyway, so I carried on with the book. Yeah, I, I'm up, there's some stories up there with Keith Richards, definitely. <laughs> so when can we expect to release them? When can we look out for it? Um, wow, it's probably going to take me another year to finish it. So, within the next couple of years, it should be out. Nice one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and we're going to go. I'm going to go through the old photographs as well. I'm going to. I'm, I'm back in England on the 10th of July, so I'm, I'm going to stay at my mum's house and uh, go through some old photographs of when we was kids and get some new photographs. Photographs that haven't been seen in 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 Monday's books before. So there's going to be some nice new photographs of people. Cool. And wasn't it you that gave the Happy Mondays the name? It was, yeah. Uh, either fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, Mondays was the day our gyros arrived. We used to sign on on Fridays because our last name was Ryder and he was close to the end of the alphabet. So he signed on, <laughs> signed on on Fridays. And Monday morning, the gyro was there on the door, on the on the on the, the, uh, uh, the back of the door. So that's where the Mondays came from. I love that. That is just like that's like the total opposite to uh, Bob Geldof. I don't like Mondays, and it's like come on. <laughs> I was happy when your gyro arrived. <laughs> yes. Best day of the week. <laughs> so the Mondays have got a tour coming up with James later in the year. And I mean, after the year that we've all had, how good will it feel to finally get back out on that stage? Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Luckily enough, we've got, I think the Mondays have got like three or four festivals to do. Um, which will be nice warm-ups for the tour with James. Um, if they don't get cancelled, you know, we, we should have done like eight or nine festivals this year, but, you know, most of them have been cancelled because of uh, obvious reasons. Um, but I think we've got three left that haven't been cancelled, so we're going to have a nice warm-up in the summer. And then uh, November, we're doing the James tour, which is... Um, which is going to be fantastic. We've not sold with James since back in the early 80s. You know, it's, so that's, that's going to be good. Two absolute Mancunian legends as well. Yeah, the, the, Manchester, the Manchester show is just going to be something else. Yes. Oh, it is I going think, off. Yeah, I think it was sold out within an hour and a half or something like that. So, you know, that's, that's uh, a, good, uh, a good indication of how it's going to be. Absolutely. And what's the difference about touring now compared to, say, in the 80s or the 90s? Um, well, it's a lot more mellow. <laughs> uh, it's a lot more mellow. Um, we're playing better than ever. We're playing better. We're tighter than we was back in the 80s. I mean, we was good back I can in believe the 80s, that. But we're so tight these days. It's, yeah. it's uh, I suppose it's more enjoyable. Because um, um, because it's, it's not so erratic, you know. Back in the day, everyone was off doing their own various uh, substances, and uh, <laughs> we had we had to all come together for an hour and a half on stage, and it was sometimes quite difficult because everyone was off on their own different trip. Um, but they, but, so it's almost like the perfect storm, in in other words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it became the perfect storm for that hour, hour and a half on stage. Um, but these days, you know, we're all we're all a, a bit more grown up. We don't have as many. Um, we, we don't have the party people following us like we used to. You know, we used to be, end up like uh, 50, 60, 70 people in the dressing room before we went on stage, which was a bit chaotic. These days, um, you know, it, it's it's more more grown up. I like it, more sophisticated. More sophisticated, better playing, uh, and a better show. There we go. Mm -hmm. So we know you've had various other projects as well as the Mondays, Big Arm, Super Freak, and haven't you turned mm -hmm. your hand in at, to acting too? Yeah, I did a little bit of acting. Still do. Only I don't do it for the money. I do it if I like the if I like the uh, the part that's uh, being offered. Um, I did one last year called Hard Plastic, 
which is uh, won a couple of awards at local uh, at, at, uh, film festivals here over in Los Angeles. Um, I played I played a blind man that went into a thrift store and uh, knocked over all these counters and knocked over all these shelves. It was great knocking all all, all these shelves over with glass flying everywhere. Um, so that was the last thing I did, the uh, hard plastic. Hard I, think plastic. That's how, I, I think that's out on uh, Netflix right now. I'm going to have to check that out on Netflix then. Yeah. So we're going to hear a solo tune of yours now, and it's over to you to introduce it. Okay. This one's called um, Odyssey. It's uh, This stuff I'm doing at the moment is uh, all kind of loosely based around one of my favourite places, Café Del Mar, which is over in Ibiza. Beautiful um, place. Yeah, beautiful. So it's all it's all kind of chill-out grooves and um, and stuff like that. So this is Odyssey.
What was it like having someone of Tony Wilson's stature taking these unruly kids from Little Hoot and under his wing when you guys were first starting out? Oh, wow. Tony, Tony, you know what? I used to be a bit intimidated by Tony because um, he could speak Latin. Yeah. And if you, if you could speak Latin, it meant you went to uh, somewhere like De La Salle, which he did do. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was uh, the school for brainy kids. Um, so I was always a bit intimidated by him. Plus, because he was on TV. You know, I'd never met anyone off TV before. But he was so cool about just letting us do our own thing. You know, he made you feel comfortable, even though I was a bit intimidated. He made you feel comfortable. He made you feel like an artist, you know, rather than a bunch of scruffy kids from Salford doing their own thing. <laughs> He, he, he told us we was artists, you know, and, and he was like, okay, cool. Maybe we could do something with this. And, um, but he was always encouraging us, always, always, never, just let us do our own thing, you know. And, and years later, I realised that we were so spoiled on Factory Records um, when, we, when we got to deal with major labels, you know, they tried to tell us, you have to do this, you got to do that, you got to do the other. And it was like, oh, my God, telling us what to do. We've just had free reign for 20 years. <laughs> you know? um, so, yeah, we realised that we were spoiled on factory records. Well, he's a true icon, wasn't he, Mr Manchester? He was Mr Manchester, yeah. Well, I, well, lovely person, lovely, lovely person and really believed in Manchester. Manchester wouldn't be, Manchester City Centre wouldn't be how it is today without Tony because he was the one that came back with the vision from New York about turning all the old um, mills and factories into apartments, you know, and, and uh, one of his best mates was Tom Bloxham who actually turned a lot of a lot of old um, um, old buildings into city centre apartments, and it was Tony's one of Tony's visions. And that's it. You've only got to walk through Ancoats now in the northern quarter to see that. Yeah, incredible. Every time I come back home, it's like wow, another one's uh, another one's been uh, turned into apartments. It's incredible. No, yes. oh, it yeah. is. Okay, we're going to have a fan question now, and this one comes from Colin over on Twitter, and he's asking, mm -hmm. what was the after party like after 1989 enemies when you just won the best LP for thrills, chills and belly aches? Wow, that's going back 1989. <laughs> 1989. Uh, this one's got to be in the book, surely. <laughs> yeah, I, I presume it would have been fantastic. But I don't <laughs> I don't actually remember the actual party, but I'm, I'm, I would definitely say it was, um, it would have been amazing. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to hear another tune of yours now then, Paul. So again, mate, it's over to you to tell us a little bit about it and introduce it. Okay, this one's uh, only a couple of weeks old and it's called Song for Emily. So is this an exclusive play then? Have we got the first play on this? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. I love an exclusive. Okay, you definitely got the exclusive. Song for Emily, let's hear it now. So can you tell us a little bit about this tune then? Yeah. Um, like I was saying before, a lot, of, a lot of this 
a lot of this album that I'm doing right now is um, harking back on the chill out days of Café Del Mar um, and various other chill out clubs that you went to at six in the morning in Ibiza when you'd done your uh, when you'd done your night partying. Yeah. You, you go to the clubs that opened at six and seven um, for the sunrise and it was all chill out stuff. So um, I'm, I'm harking back on a lot of a uh, lot of old memories from that era. Like it. Let's hear it now.
Paul, it's been top having you on the show, man. What an absolute legend. Guys, you've got to go out and catch the Mondays on tour later this year. Okay. And before we do go, I always ask this one. If you mm-hmm. could go back in time, anywhere yeah. in history, which which gig would you go and watch? Oh, wow. Gosh, there's so many, so many. I don't think it was an actual gig, but it was a show. I'd, I'd like to have seen, I'd like to have been stood on the street watching the Beatles on the rooftop. Oh, yes, on um, the roof. Yeah, on the roof of that final final show they did. I'd love to have been on the street looking up, watching that stuff. Oh, so would I, so would I. Yeah, Jesus. that would have been amazing. Imagine yeah. walking down the street and suddenly looking up and the Beatles are playing on a rooftop. I know, because there would have been people actually having the lunch break doing just yeah. that. Not knowing doing, and just, yeah. And just doing just that. What a treat. Oh, my God, the Beatles up in the sky. I think the closest <laughs> we're going to get, they're doing... Yeah. Um, they're doing a film about it, aren't they? Peter Jackson's directing it from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's quite a few hours long as yeah, well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Lots of new footage. That, that, yeah. uh, I mean, I thought I'd seen every bit of footage of the Beatles, but there's a lot of new stuff. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, so am I. So that'll be a treat for us all. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, top yeah. man. Thank you very okay. much for coming on. A pleasure.